chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. I'm one excited activist, I got to tell you. You know, um, diving back into the last couple episodes, with us tonight, we have attorney Ryan Hurley from Rose Law Group. He's uh, been one of the uh, boots on the ground uh, medical marijuana in in the state of Arizona and and in several other instances, uh, from what I understand, uh, potentially nationally. Um, Ryan, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, thanks. Thanks for having me, Dave. Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you've been involved in medical marijuana since, since at least Prop 203 that I'm aware of. What uh, what brought you into cannabis? Yeah, so, you know, it was a little bit of necessity, a, a lot of uh, personal belief. I, I'm a patient as well. And, you know, at, at the sort of previous life in my legal career representing real estate developers and then solar companies and uh, the, the timing was, was not so good for real estate and it was really good for cannabis. And Again, an issue I personally believed in and was able to get out in front of it. And there were very few lawyers that were, were willing to work in the industry uh, early on. And, and uh, so I just kind of was uh, in a good position and I had the support of my legal partners at the law firm. And we just kind of ran with it and been uh, out in front on this issue since uh, a couple months before the election, really, uh, the 2010 uh, election for the Medical Marijuana Act. And Four years in this industry makes, in the legal side of the industry anyway, makes you a, a veteran uh, these days. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I came to it and what I've been up to the last four years. So you're one of the, the rare attorneys that didn't get into as a criminal defense attorney is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah, no, I, I and I don't I don't represent uh, any any cases in the criminal courtroom. Thankfully, I've only been in the court once in my entire legal career, and I intend to keep it that way. I represent the business interests primarily, so helping people get licenses, helping them operate their their businesses from a corporate side, regulatory side, and sort of general business issues like employment and all sorts of stuff like that. So anything but criminal, just about. More more of like a compliance side, zoning, things of that nature, right? Yeah, I mean it'll range anything from again early on it was it was making sure the law got implemented, and then it was helping DHS try to figure out how to regulate this industry. They were one of the first Department of Health Services, they were one of the first entities in the entire country to have to really draft regulations from scratch for a program. So uh, we tried to try to help uh, help them in that process. And then from that point on, it became uh, helping people get medical marijuana licenses, helping them make their application, um, which is a lot of business structuring and a lot of zoning, uh, and then sort of, uh, you know, helping them put the actual application together. And then once uh, people got their licenses, it was uh, helping them get open, helping them comply with the regulations, go through inspection. And and then since that point in time, it's really been more general business stuff, uh, sort of the ongoing day-to-day issues that any business would have. What I do these days is, is helping people either invest in the cannabis industry or, or existing businesses uh, bring in outside capital to expand. How booming would you say this business is now? Uh, you know, it's 95% of my practice, and I, I keep another attorney busy about half the time. So every time I think I'm going to slow down, it seems to get busier. Uh, you know, the general, the national attitude since Colorado and Washington opened up, and, you know, the federal government didn't swoop in, and the sky didn't, you know, it, it really has shifted. And I'm getting a lot of calls from, from people that are interested uh, in, in being on the forefront of this new industry. It's really great that we have a 
a gentleman like yourself that's that's actually I understand you're you're part of the uh the 2016 initiative the marijuana policy project for for Arizona and uh, you're the treasurer uh, I you know I've been working with MPP sort of on and off I'm a I'm a personal supporter of theirs and and always follow their work and they're they're really take the lead in getting these uh, initiatives uh which is a Herculean task to get these citizens initiatives put in a position where they can pass and fortunate enough that they asked to serve as treasurer of the committee for Arizona to run a legalization initiative for adult use in 2016. And Dr. Gina Berman, from, uh, who's the, uh, the head of the board, dire- board of directors of the Giving Tree Dispensary, is the president of that committee, and I'm honored to serve next to her as well. You have a doctor and a lawyer. Uh, right off the bat <laughs> for our 2016 <laughs> initiative. Throw the rabbi like, and we got a hell of a joke. <laughs> there, exactly. Oh, my God. I, I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, it's refreshing, to say the least, that we have caliber um, and, and not just, uh, you know, the you know ones chanting from the sides. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of, of many of those things. And, and we, we find ourselves in, a, in a, a place that we finally can. And, and it's refreshing. It's why I'm, I'm an excited activist right now. The proverbial stone has finally started its, its descent. You know, what I'd really like to dive into, especially now that you're, you're in this position, to, to kind of dive into how we go about the whole process. You know, there's there are a lot of new sort of professionals that are that are coming to this industry. But I, I do want to remind everybody that you know I got into this because I'm a patient, because I've seen the suffering of patients, medical marijuana act, and uh, and you know been experienced to people that have or been close to people that have experienced injustice in the criminal justice system. But you know, it was only because that medical marijuana act uh, was put on the ballot as a citizens' initiative and was passed that professionals uh, like the doctor and myself are even able to talk about this. You know, exactly. before that law, which, which expressly gave us protection for our professional licenses, I would have been disbarred for doing anything like this. And, and even after the law passed, there were people that were sort of, you know, hinting that, that lawyers couldn't represent folks in this industry. Uh, and, there's, and doctors are terrified by, from losing their DEA license. This protection itself that's even enabled us to have that conversation, and, and so I'm I'm excited about that as well, and in, in bringing a whole new set of uh, of people to this movement that are in it for the right reasons. So, with that as a background, you know, to talk a little bit about the, the differences uh, between legislation and a citizens' initiative and a, and a constitutional amendment, uh, we can kind of go back and and you know, as the as the country was developing, people back in the east were not real happy with their legislatures uh, passing particular laws or, or failing to address certain issues. So as the sort of development came to the west uh, and 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 states started to develop out here, and states started putting in the power of direct citizens' initiative into and, and referendum into their constitution. And essentially what that means is that the people, people ask as a, as a Congress, as a legislature. If the, if the legislature is failing to do something or doing something that you don't like, uh, enough of the citizens can come together and, and do it for them, essentially. we got a break for a quick commercial. Um, when we get back, Ryan Hurley, Rose Law Group uh, with Marijuana Policy Project for Arizona 2016. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com, when we return. 
Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis business plans for owners just like you to ensure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. Growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Candid. Captivating. Compelling. Welcome to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Listen in as Dr. Dina, medical marijuana pioneer and inspiration for the award-winning TV series, Weeds, shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, folks. I'm your host, Dave Inman. Again, with us tonight, we have Ryan Hurley from Rose Law Group and uh, the Marijuana Policy Project for Arizona, the uh, 2016 adult use uh, initiative that's going to be coming to Arizona. Very exciting stuff. Ryan, thank you again for coming. Uh, I cut you off just a minute ago. I would love to pick up where we left off, my friend. So just kind of going over the, the, the evolution of the, the citizens' right of initiative, uh, you know, it developed as, as people were were not happy with their their the way their government back. So constitutions in, in newer states and, and since then in other states have been drafted or amended to include this citizens' right uh, to, to basically draft legislation to make laws, and and that's broken down either through the initiative process or the referendum process. And the uh, initiative basically is is drafting something new and affirmative. Uh, that uh, the legislature should be doing, but they're not. And referendum is the opposite. If you don't like something that the, the uh, legislature has done, you can essentially call for a vote on, on it. Uh, and the referendum is a, a lower burden. Uh, it's, it's not it's not as hard to get a referendum in place, and it requires less uh, less signatures. Uh, the initiative process requires more signatures, and fortunately in Arizona, which is unique, the initiative process is actually protected um, the Constitution uh, from being meddled with by the legislature. And, and that was, in fact, a direct result of the legislature undermining the first Medical Marijuana Act that was passed back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So that's an interesting little aspect of Arizona law that, that most states uh, don't have. And then sort of the, the, the ultimate right of the citizens is to amend the Constitution. And it's very similar to an initiative 
But instead of creating just a law, we're, we're creating something new in the Constitution to amend the state Constitution. So that really should be reserved for things that are fundamental, things that affect, like uh, like the Voter Protection Act, which uh, was a was a constitutional amendment to protect, or anything anything that's referenced directly in the Constitution or anything that's fundamental, uh, that should be changed through that process. But but things that are created by law we don't like, uh, that's really is what the citizens initiative process is for. And so, like the difference, just uh, to to kind of to paraphrase, the, uh, between like a, a constitutional amendment uh, as far as signatures. Uh, versus uh, a voter initiative. So, so a constitutional amendment requires, uh, I think, in the latest path, you're looking at over, you know, over 200,000 signatures, or, or well, even more than that. I think it's 300,000, almost 300,000 for a constitutional amendment, 100 and some odd thousand for a citizens initiative, and 90 some thousand for a referendum. So, it's pretty significant. And, and you know, gathering gathering these signatures in this big of a state with this many people uh, is not easy to do. So. Lowering that burden is, is a good thing, generally. What are your um? We're we're in in the process, pretty much, of of drafting uh, what is going to be uh, hopefully on on the ballot. What are the different roles that you would see in a typical uh, a steering committee for a bill? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, early on it starts with lawyers. You know, lawyers that are sort of uh, have a have a variety. Of, uh, one is legislation drafting, which is sort of a skill in and of itself to make sure that everything uh, under the election laws are complied with. So campaign finance, you know, making sure that the, the petition gets filed correctly, that they are met, that, uh, you know, things don't get thrown out on a technicality. Typically, like a lawyer uh, like myself with some sub- subject matter knowledge and expertise. And then uh, so it has sort of best practices in places where this, is other, uh, this has happened before. So anybody that has sort of uh, legacy knowledge uh, is brought in as well to try to say this is what works, this is what hasn't worked. Uh, and then from that process, it really goes more out to stakeholders after that sort of early early process to greater stakeholders. So fund people that are supporting the fundraising after this, uh, you know, if we're able to get any sort of politicians or law enforcement uh, or regulatory bodies, that would be the time for that as well. Your state legislatures that may or may not want to sponsor the bill, that would also be maybe perhaps um, a campaign finance uh, people people of those that nature, correct? Yeah, again, it, you know, anybody that, that basically wants to see the law passed at that point, anybody that has a vested interest in making it pass, uh, you know, that, they'll have input at, at, at that point. It, it probably won't be uh, shared with legis- with actual legislators, you know, at least not directly. I'm sure somebody will flip it to them. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, this is, this is sort of the citizens' legislature, so they really won't have anything to do with this. If we're lucky and, and we're smart about it, we're all, we ought to be able to get some good endorsements from some of those folks. But uh, but even that is going to be a challenge. There's some progressive folks down there that I think will endorse it. But that's sort of any anybody who is a supporter will be a stakeholder basically at that point. So basically, it's uh, you get everybody together and you you toss out all your best ideas, and then you kind of shake them up and and see which ones kind of stay in the hands and which ones fall through. And and then once you have the the assemblage of what you kind of think is should be what passes. What what would be the next steps at that point? So I mean, it, it really is a delicate process, right? Because nobody's nobody's going to be uh, not everybody's going to be happy with what, what what comes out in it. There's a lot of interest to sort of weigh and balances to weigh. You know, the most important thing to me is getting a law passed uh, by the voters. And and I think we know enough now to know what's going to make a, a, a law function, which which is going to make a market function. It's not going to be perfect by any means, but I, 
I think we've learned enough to, to, to get the question for me now is sort of the policy decisions that, that are going to be weighed out in the debate over the next few years of whether Arizona voters should do this or not. You know, it, it's going to be close. There's a good 50, nearly 50 percent of the, the people in Arizona right now that probably don't agree with this. And you have to convince those people to win, at least some of them. So, you know, those are the sort of balancing considerations given to the policy that goes in. Uh, once the policy decisions are made and it goes out sort of the broader stakeholders for final comment, and then we'll nail down the language. And at that point in time, you take an official copy down to the Secretary of State, file it. And once you filed it, you can start uh, collecting signatures. So basically what happens is is you go through and you figure out what's going to work in, in the uh, grand scheme of things. Not going to be perfect. Nothing in, in this world seems to be perfect. No 3D printer I've, I've found so far is, is perfect. You know, the resolution can get a little bit higher, but that's probably about it. But, uh, you know, it's ultimately, I think at the end of the day, it's it's keeping people from going to jail and, and ruining the potential of what their life could be. Um, you know, and, and that's, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, reversing prohibition and, and bringing as much of the black market as possible into the light is the goal. You know, there was an interesting, uh, article that, uh, was just put out, um, about the, uh, the cartels are now smuggling, uh, Colorado weed into Mexico. I saw that. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting uh, paradigm that we find ourselves in. That uh, we can now be the the supplier to Mexico on our really kick ass weed. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting that um, we're in this this scenario, and and it's interesting. I find myself that people get upset when not every one of their checklist is hit. Um, you know, there's there's always going to be people that think that they should have more, and you know, in in my life so far, I I've only known. Uh, people to go to jail if they have it. And medical marijuana, even for myself at this point, is, is still new. It's it's still, uh, you know, almost like a wonderland that people can have this, imbibe this, and, and be protected, uh, not only to, to use, but also if their employer tries to fire them for it. Uh, you know, this, the, the, we have, we have things that, that, are unheard of in, in 70 years. We got a break for a quick commercial. Um, when we get back, uh, Ryan Hurley and uh, the, uh, the bill, how it comes together, why it comes together, and uh, our hopes for the future. We'll be right back at you, folks. Stay tuned for more State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. It's time to check in with Doc Robb and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. 
Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, folks. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Ryan Hurley from the Rose Law Group and also on the, uh, on the, on the committee for uh, MPP's uh, 2016 initiative uh, for Arizona's Tax and Regulate Law. Uh, I'm excited. Ryan, uh, thank you again for joining us. Uh, I've got a, a few things that, that I, I'd, I'd like to dive into as well. You know, we, we've talked about, you know, the steering committees, you know, the differences of ways of, of changing and amending laws that uh, we don't like. Let me ask you this. If we were to do a voter initiative versus uh, like a constitutional en- amendment, what would be the, the strongest version uh, for us to, to actually have? Well, I mean, you know, a constitutional amendment is by far the, the hardest thing that we could possibly go for. But, but keep in mind, you know, there's nothing relating to cannabis in the Constitution of, the, of Arizona. So, so really to, to put in a constitutional amendment regarding making something legal again that is made illegal through statute, not constitution, it just doesn't make sense. Really, this ought to be a citizen's initiative. I think that's more than adequate to, to take care of the task at hand. You know, when uh, when we're going into uh, the, the idea process, uh, what should stay and what should go, how would you guys generally go about determining that? Would that just be, you know, everybody kind of sits in a circle and talks? Or yeah, would that be more I mean, of a polling process a, or both? These day, this day and age, it's uh, everybody spread across the country. So conference calls and, and emails and people taking multiple drafts and, and making multiple questions. And, and at the end, you try to build as much of a consensus as possible, uh, you know, before you take it out to sort of the next ring and build as much consensus there as possible as you can, recognizing that, that you know, everybody's going to have different viewpoints. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the, the primary motivator in everybody's mind is how do we get this passed and how do we make sure that, uh, that we're able to implement it? You know, I mean, there, there are a million different ways to challenge and throw out a citizen's initiative, either, you know, leading up to the vote, leading up to the, to the, uh, uh, the drafting of it, uh, after the drafting, after the vote, after the implementation. There's a million different things that could go wrong. So just making sure that it's going to withstand, <coughs> excuse me, all those sort of legal and practical roadblocks and, and challenges is, is sort of the biggest job after making sure that it gets passed. So you mean it's it's not just whether you know you you get a, a grow or no grow kind of scenario? It's it's even more involved than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 making sure that oh, but you know, by the way, there's nothing unconstitutional about what you've written, right? It's it's making sure that uh, there's nothing directly conflicting with other statutes that that you don't uh, that you don't reference. And and you know that's a, that's an easy mistake to make, and that's that's exactly what happened in the Medical Marijuana Act, right? When uh, when they made the, the references to marijuana and preparations of marijuana, which clearly included the, the intent that people could have concentrates and edibles, they forgot or they failed to notice or they didn't they didn't talk to a, a criminal attorney that had Arizona experience in this matter, and 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 it was they missed the fact that Arizona statute defines cannabis as something different than marijuana. So you know those little types of things, which which really are are relatively easy to miss. Uh, sometimes and can have a drastic effect. So really trying to make sure that those kind of types of mistakes don't happen, uh, that we, we get enough collaboration from everybody with different different viewpoints and different skill sets. That's that's to me the most important thing. Getting it passed and making sure it it, it survives legal challenges. And the the getting it passed, the whole intent of that is 
so we don't go to jail anymore. Nobody goes yeah, to jail exactly. anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, you know, I mean, go I mean, ahead. Let's sorry. put it this way, right? Yeah, I, I don't think anybody should go to jail for possession, but but are, are there still going to be uh, crimes associated with marijuana that people are going to go to jail for? Probably, yeah. If, if you're smuggling, you know, 15 uh, pounds from a legal dispensary across state lines in New Mexico, you're still going to go to jail for that, right? We can't change that right now. Now, personally, do I think that should matter? No, I don't think anybody should. As long as we're, we're doing our best to keep it out of the hands of minors, I don't think it should be an issue. But the people of New Mexico haven't made that decision yet. And so we've got to respect that and, and understand that there are going to be lines drawn somewhere. The question is, where do we draw those lines? And, you know, we have, we have 70 years of, um, of programming that uh, we have to break through, and, and some of us understand. And, and then we have, I'm not going to say the majority, but we got a bunch of people that they don't know, and we got to teach them. We got to figure out a way of, of getting those people to not be afraid of something that they shouldn't be afraid of, exactly. not fearing the, the monster under your bed anymore because there's a and, monster and understanding, there. And, and understanding that most of those people will never try cannabis or never have any desire to try cannabis, right? So it's, re- it's really hard to counteract that sort of propaganda if they haven't had first, first-hand experience with it. So, so you really have to come up with a... a you know, a regulatory scheme and a law that, that makes those people want to vote for it because it's the right thing to do, not because it's the right thing for them. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and break, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep Ryan for another episode and, uh, and, and dive in further because there's, there's plenty of material here to, to cover and, and to, to share with, with all of you folks. Um, so with that, you know, it's, it's almost Christmas folks. Um, Thank you for listening to The State of Cannabis. We're going to be back again, and we're going to dive in more on the anatomy of a bill with Ryan Hurley, the Rose Law Group, and uh, again with Marijuana Policy Project. Thanks for listening, folks. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.